Amen. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and we will mainly be focusing on verse 12. This is a passage that a uh, leader is ministering to a young leader to try to encourage him. It's about leadership, and we're going to make application to us as fathers today, okay? We're going to be talking about men who make a difference. I want to make a difference as a man, as a spiritual man, as a godly man. I want to make a difference. And the word of the Lord reads, These things command and teach, not optional. Command and teach. Let no man despise or look down upon your youth as a young pastor, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conduct, in love, King James has charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to the ministry of the word, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may appear to others, to all, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in doing so. This shall both save yourself and them that hear thee. May the Lord add his reading or his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. Men who make a difference. The context is one which you got an older pastor trying to encourage a younger pastor. He's taken on this responsibility at the Ephesus church, and it's a, a big church, and apparently they're kind of looking down upon him, not listening to him because he is a younger pastor. And the older pastor said, you can overcome this, and the way that you can overcome this is by leading by example, a good example. And he says to him, be an example to the believers. Now, this word example means a model or a pattern. Be a model or a pattern. It says, well, just like what we all don't want. We want people looking at us as men and telling them to follow our example. <laughs> right? But listen, we have been given the responsibility to be leaders in our homes, in our marriages, in our church, in our life. As men, we have been given the privilege and the responsibility to be leaders in the home before the Lord. We are the priest of our home under the headship of Jesus Christ. Amen? We are to be a model. We are to be a pattern. And I looked at several translations. One has it be an example or a pattern for believers, the Amplified. Another says, set an example for believers, NIV, the, NS, the ESV. Show yourself an example to those who believe, the NAS. So be an example, set an example, show yourself to be an example to believers. Now, we're going to apply this to ourselves, Dad. We are to be an example as a father. We are to set an example. We are to show ourselves as an example. In other words, we are to lead by example. You say, how? How do we lead by example? By having what I'm going to call the right stuff. 
In verse 12, you got six different things. That Paul says that if you're an example in these things, people are not going to be looking down on you because you are young. You're going to be a good spiritual example for them. You're going to hush them right up because you're going to be a good example in all of these different areas. So, to be an example, to be a man who makes a difference, to be the right kind of father, to be the right kind of husband, you've got to have the right stuff. And he tells us about the right stuff. We want to be men who make a difference. As a father and as a man, as a husband, do you want to make a difference? Do you want peace to be in your home? Do you want blessing to be in your home? Do you want your wife to look to, to you uh, with respect and honor? Do you want your kids to be able to look to you and honor you and respect you and follow your example? Then you got to have the right stuff. And we're going to talk about some of the right stuff this morning. Amen? Amen. This is going to be easy. It's going to be good. All right? It's going to be a blessing. I've made up my mind already. I'm going to be blessed today. How about you? Amen? Come on now. All right. First, we have got to have the right talk. That's right. We've got to have the right talk. He says in verse 12, But be thou an example, a model, a pattern before the believers in word. In your translation, it may be translated as speech, and that's what the word means. It's the Greek word logos. When it's applied to Christ, and it oftentimes is, it means that Christ is God's word, thought, revelation of himself unto us. But we're not talking about the logos in Christ here. We're talking about the logos in Christ to Timothy. We're talking about the logos in relation to us. So he's talking about we've got to be a good example in the way that we talk, the way that we communicate, the words that we say, the words that we use. We have got to be a good example in that area. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can't be a good example if you go around cussing all the time. Let me say that again. You can't be a good example, a righteous example, if you go around cussing all the time. Amen. Amen. You can't be a good example if you go around complaining all the time and being negative. Amen. You can't be a good example if you go around carrying on and get upset about all the stuff that's going on in the world. You sit down and you watch the news and in 10 minutes you become a hothead and all of this stuff is just volcanoing out of you because of what you've been watching on the news. You can't be a good example if you act like that. Amen. I think you get the picture. Hey, listen, I know it's not easy. I was young once. <laughs> I was a young father. I was a young husband. I had bad language, and it grieved me sore. And the Lord finally helped me get over that. Listen, the Word of God has much to say about the way that we talk. He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. There is the key. What comes out your mouth and my mouth as a father, as a husband, as a leader in a home needs to edify. It needs to build up. It needs to soothe. It needs to encourage. It needs to bless. Not curse, but bless. Amen? Amen. 
You say, this is impossible. No, it's not. I've been there. I've been on both sides of this thing. The Lord can help take the cuss out of you if you'll let him. Yes. Amen? Yes. Some of you had not experienced that yet, have you? <laughs> Come on now. The Lord can take the cuss out of you. You want to tell me that the Lord can save your soul and keep you saved all, for all eternity, but he can't take the cuss out of you in the here and the now? Come on! Yes, sir. That's, right. That's a contradiction in terms. He can help us overcome. He can help us to speak in truth, in love, and in righteousness. In the book of Colossians, Paul says it like this. Let your speech be always with grace. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Salt has a bite to it, doesn't it? Sometimes we have to speak the truth in love. But we can overcome, folks, to be a man who makes a difference, a father, a husband, a man in the home who makes a difference. You've got to have the right talk. You've got to have the right speech. Amen? Amen. Our words have influence. Our words make an impact. A huge impact. You may remember that story about the little boy who lived beside the preacher. And he went over to see the preacher one day when the preacher was doing some carpentry work around the house. And he was painting and he was replacing some boards and all. And that little boy stayed with him for the longest time. And the preacher is just kind of taken by that, that that little boy would stay around him and see that he could do other things like painting and carpenter work and stuff like that. And, you know, so he talked to the little boy about it and said he was, was blessed by that. And he says, I'm not hanging around with you to see about the quality of your work. He says, I'm hanging around you to see what you say when you hit your finger with your hammer. <laughs> hit your thumb with your hammer. I want to see what you're going to say. Our words have impact. They have influence. People are listening. Our wives are listening. Our children are listening. How many times have your kids learned words that they shouldn't learn at your home or grandpa's house or grandma's house or different things? They are listening. Our words have influence. And if you're going to be a husband, if you're going to be a father who makes a difference, then your speech needs to edify. Your words have the power to build up or to tear down. Your words have the power to bless. Your words have the power to curse. Your words have the power to encourage or to discourage. The choice is up to you. And if you walk in proper fellowship with the Lord, he will set a guard over your mouth and he will train your tongue and control your tongue so that you can speak righteously and bless your family. Amen? Something else, not only the influence, but the words that we use and the things that come out of our mouth is an indicator. Jesus said it's an indicator of what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth 
speaks. Vance Havner used to say, what's down in the well of the heart comes out in the bucket of the mouth. What's coming out of your bucket? Is it refreshing water? Is it cooling water? Or is it scalding hot water? Scorching water? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What kind of influence does your words have? What does your words and the things that you say indicate that is in your heart? All of us. Now, this is tough. Because we are in a season right now where there's so many angry people. Have you noticed? It's like everybody is angry. And what usually follows anger? Corrupt communication, cussing and carrying on and throwing a fit and all of that stuff. Well, when I was a younger man, I struggled with bad language. I used profanity. Um, I would carry on and all of that kind of thing. And the Lord taught me uh, something about that bad language. You know where most of that bad language came from? It came from anger, being upset. And the Lord showed me that the reason I got angry is because I was immature and not very realistic about the way that I looked at life. And that I needed to grow in Him. It was immature. It was immature. Why do you get mad? Because you don't get your way. That's why we get angry, because we don't get our way. I was so immature, and I was getting upset about almost everything because it wasn't going my way. How realistic is that? Folks, we live in a sin-cursed world. It's going to be hard times, difficulties. We've got to overcome. That's one of the things he taught me. He said, son, you need to grow up. You're immature. You need to grow. Another thing the Lord did is he put me in the Word. He put me in the book of James and had me to read the book of James over and over and over. There's like 35 verbs in that uh, small book, things to do or not to do. And one of them has to do with our speech, and this is what it says. If any man among you seems to be religious, he appears to be a spiritual person, thinks he's a spiritual person, and bridles not his tongue, is not able to control his tongue, but deceived his own heart, this man's religion is useless. And then in the third chapter of James, he says... Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. The Lord used those scriptures to convict me about my bad language and about my anger and drove me to the Lord so that I could clean up my mouth. Amen. I don't want my children, I didn't want my children to be afraid of me. I didn't want my wife to be afraid of me when I got angry. If you're the kind of man who gets angry and everybody disappears in your house, you have a serious heart problem. And I'm ashamed to say it, but that was me once upon a time. You can go from that to having control over your mouth in Christ if you'll walk in proper fellowship with him. He can empower you to have the right talk. Amen. 
Amen? Amen. So, you want to be a man who makes a difference? You want to be the kind of father? You want to be the kind of husband that makes a difference and leads by example? Then you got to have the right talk. The right talk. Also, you got to have the right walk. You need to have the right walk. He goes on to say in verse 12, But be an example of the believers in word or speech. King James uses the word conversation. It literally is conduct. It means behavior. It means walk. It means manner of life or conduct. And it's translated as conduct in all other translations that I looked at. What are we talking about? We're talking about the way that we interact with other people in life. The way that we respond to all of that mess that's going on on TV. And all that mess that's going on in Washington that we call our government. I get it. It is how we interact with people out in the workplace. Do we listen to everybody's jokes and laugh and just go right along with them when they're coarse and unrighteous and ugly? Do you make fun of other people's wives when they talk about their wives? We shouldn't do that. If it's not funny, we shouldn't laugh. If it's ugly or vulgar, we shouldn't participate. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you'll know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to make a difference, you have to live a separated life as a man of God. You can't go along with the world. You got to live a separated life. You don't have to be ugly about it. You just don't have to participate in a lot of that stuff. Set the example. Paul told the young men in Titus, in all things show yourself to be a pattern of good works. In everything. He told the Galatians to walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the proper fellowship with Jesus... You walk in proper fellowship with Jesus, you will not live for the pleasures of the flesh and respond in a fleshly way. You'll respond like Jesus. Well, I tell you what, this world needs more Jesus. Amen? My home needs more Jesus. Does your home need more of Jesus? Amen. But we got to walk in proper fellowship to do that. He also says to the Thessalonians, abstain from every form of evil. Why? Because your behavior, the way that you respond, the way that you act, the way that you live matters. If you're going to be a man who makes a difference and a father who makes a difference and a husband who makes a difference, you've got to have the right kind of walk, the right kind of behavior. You've got to learn to walk with Jesus. Amen? We need constant behavioral modification. Say that with me. Constant behavioral modification. If any man is in Christ, he's a new what? Creation. Old things pass away. Old things, all things become new. We need to be growing and maturing in that newness. We need to be growing and maturing in Christ. We need constant behavioral modification. Several years ago, there was a Christian men's organization called the Promise Keepers. 
I was a part of that. You were a part of it. You were a part of it. Many men were a part of it. It was a group of Christian men who wanted to be men who made a difference, wanted to be the right kind of husbands, the right kind of fathers, the right kind of men. And they had small groups, and they had big conventions that we went to. And they had some what they call point man training, where a point man would be over a smaller group, and he would lead that. And over a period of a decade, they learned something very interesting about men and people in general. They learned three very important things. Number one, that only 10% of men will change when they hear the truth. Only 10% of, uh, or 10%, 10 of people will change when they hear the truth. 10% of people will never change no matter what you say and no matter what you do. So you got 10% that will believe the truth, and you got 10% who will never believe the truth. What about that 80%, which is most of us? This is what they learned. They learned that men will only change in context of in the context of a relationship. A context in relationship with Jesus Christ and a context of relationship with other believers. That is why the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is. It is important that we fellowship together. We need to be in prayer meeting together. We need to be in social activity together. We need to be in small group together. We need to have Christian friends. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. It is important that we be in fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, be under the sound of the word every week so that we are under that spirit of behavioral modification. Just watch yourself. You get out of church for a few weeks and what happens? Pfft, slip away. We need this. We need each other. Early on, when I was trying to grow and mature as a young uh, man and as a young father, I was married at 17. I was a father at 20. And so I had it going on really early, okay? Having to overcome a lot of immaturity and a lot of different things and all like that. But as I was growing and, uh, you know, in, in the Lord, I, I struggled with this. And I never really made any headway until I got serious in spending time with Jesus. Not until I started spending time in the Word. Amen. The enemy of your soul will do everything he can to keep you out of this book. He'll do everything he can to keep you away from Jesus. Amen. Because if you get close to Jesus and you spend time with him, you know who you're going to become like? There you go. Amen. Jesus. Your behavior is going to start changing. You want to be a husband and a father who makes a difference, a man who makes a difference? You've got to have the right talk. And only Jesus can give you that. You've got to have the right behavior. Only Jesus can give you that. And we can encourage each other in that. That's why we need to be together. But there's one other thing here. Got to have the right heart. Say that with me. The right heart. Got to have the right heart. Listen to what he says here. Be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, uh, in behavior, in 
charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In purity. Now, the only way that we can be an example in these areas is to have the right heart. For you see, it takes the right heart to have the right kind of talk. It takes the right heart to have the right kind of walk and behavior before the Lord and in this life. It takes the right kind of heart to have the right kind of love and spirit and faith. It takes the right kind of love to be able to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It takes the right kind of love to be able to love your children and not provoke them to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the instruction of the Word of God. It takes the right kind of heart to do all of these things, which begs the question, what kind of heart is the right kind? Right? What kind of heart is the right kind? It's the Jesus kind of heart. The heart that has been given to Jesus. The heart that is saved and born again and filled with the Spirit of God. The heart that is sold out to Jesus, allowing Jesus his proper place in, his, in your life. Allowing Jesus to reproduce himself and produce himself through your life so that your speech and your behavior looks like who? Jesus. Now, I find it very interesting in this text that when Paul tells Timothy to be an example, to show yourself an example to believers. He doesn't say show yourself an example to believers in brotherly love or phileo. He says show yourself an example to the, your, to the believers and the people that you leave in agape, the divine supernatural love of God. The fruit of the Spirit, the first aspect is love, agape. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. The first aspect is love, the agape love of God. The only way that you and I as believers can experience that in our life and share that with others is if the Holy Spirit is producing that in and through our surrendered lives. That will give us the right kind of heart. It comes down to this. John 3, 30 says it like this. He must increase and I must decrease. Oh, what a truth that is. You want to become a man who makes a difference? Let him increase. And you decrease. You want to become a husband and a father who makes a difference? Let him increase in your life as a Christian man, as a Christian father and a Christian husband. Amen? Amen. Amen. Again, I say to you, I did not grow as a young man, as a Christian man. I knew I was born again. I knew I was saved. I did not begin to grow and overcome these things that was a struggle to me until I started spending time with Jesus. Amen. And I started abiding in his word, and his word was abiding in me. Not only was I reading the word, but the word was reading me. Yeah. 
and showing me my sin and my shortcomings and things that I need to change, that I needed to repent of and where I needed to grow and how I could be more compassionate and more loving and more kind to my wife and to my children so that I could start acting more like Jesus. You say, it is so hard. Yes, it is hard because it's all about denying yourself Taking up your cross daily and following after Jesus. And that's hard for us, isn't it? We have to say no to our flesh and we don't like that. Say, give me a picture of what this looks like. Be glad to. (laughs) Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Talking to believers. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth Fourth, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing, spiritually speaking. It takes power. It takes spiritual juice, if you will, to live for Jesus. It takes spiritual juice to have the right kind of talk. It takes spiritual juice to have the right kind of behavior. It takes spiritual juice from him to have the right kind of heart. And he is so ready and willing to give you that juice. If you will only spend time with him. There's lots of things that we can spend time doing, men. Lots of things. But there is no more important thing than spending time with Jesus. Because if you spend quality time with Jesus and abide, yield, and obey, you will look like Jesus, you will talk like Jesus, you will act like Jesus, you will love like Jesus. Your wife needs that. Your children need that. The people in your life need that. They need the love of Jesus through your life. Amen? I know it's hard. There's a lot of things I had to make a decision about giving up on when I was a young man. Drag racing, fishing all the time, hunting, all those things that we men like to do. But I'm a husband. (laughs) I'm a husband. I'm a father. I have a responsibility before God to be the leader that they need, to help shape them. All these other things are not that important when you look at that in the light of eternity. And our spiritual responsibility. And here's the kicker. When your children walk in truth, when your children walk in truth, there is no greater blessing as a parent to see your children do well, to see them blessed. Winning a race, catching a fish, shooting a deer, none of that compares to the blessing that God can favor and bless on your children in your life. To have peace in your home. To walk in favor in your home. Be respected by your wife. Be respected by your children. There is nothing more important than that in the end. Amen. Amen. And you can have it. You can have it as a Christian man. That can be your experience in your personal life, in your family can be yours by learning to abide in him as a Christian man. Amen. Amen. Men who make a difference. I want to be that man. Amen. Do you want to be that man? 
You can be that man. Let's be those men. Let's bow before the Lord.